This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music! Break it down! It's the king. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back! I'm a nice man! I'm a masita! Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me! Let's you're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I am your host, Andrew Rich, and uh, this is a solo episode. No co-host today, no second voice. If you're relatively new to the show, you may be asking, Andrew, have you lost all your friends because of your bad jokes and puns? No, no, no. First of all, my jokes and puns are tremendous, okay? Second, my friends love my jokes, no matter what they tell you. And third, I've done these solo episodes every once in a while, whenever I feel like it. Um, Mainly when I'm lazy, to be honest, and the topic is easy enough to where I can feasibly carry it by myself. Today's episode actually has four themes, so yeah, I'd say that fits the bill pretty well. So this episode will not be the usual 90 minutes to two hours as it normally is. It's going to be a lot shorter than that. Uh, Actually, it may end up being the shortest solo episode yet. We'll see how it plays out. But anyway, uh, folks, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the WWE as of late. Maybe you've been busy watching uh, Basara or Hard Hit or Lucha memes. You know, wrestling is a big world. I understand. You can't watch everything. Here's the thing. Becky Lynch, the man, as she calls herself, has become quite popular in the WWE as of late. Uh, she's been getting some really loud reactions from fans these days, uh, louder than most, if not all, of the other members of the roster. Now, a few days prior to this recording, Becky won the Women's Royal Rumble match and is going to wrestle Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 35 in April. And there are some rumblings going on, no pun intended, that that match should be the main event of WrestleMania. Not in the Undertaker versus CM Punk definition of the term. I'm talking about the headlining match, the last in the card, the grand finale. And you know, it's hard to argue with that. Becky Lynch is a megastar in the making. Ronda Rousey is already a megastar in her own right. She is undefeated in her wrestling career. She's well-known both in and out of wrestling. Of course, put them in the main event. I know WWE love their historic moments. Well, in this case, shit yeah, that would be historic. First ever women's main event at WrestleMania. The time is right. The time is right, I think. Now, where your old pal Andrew comes in is that I figure, hey, let's strike while the iron is hot and do an episode about Becky Lynch's music. But then I thought, you know what? Let's do an episode not just about Becky, 
but about Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, and Bailey as well. The four horsewomen of the WWE. Because the way I see it, the state of women's wrestling in WWE now is due in such large part to the talents and efforts of those four women. We have a women's match that is being hyped up by many as the rightful main event of WrestleMania. We have a smorgasbord of amazing women's wrestlers all over the company. Asuka, Ember Moon, Kairi Zane, Ruby Riot, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, the list goes on. We have the Mae Young Classic, which has been going on the past two years now. And we have what is being touted as this women's evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, where the focus of women wrestlers in the WWE has been more about having great matches and being presented as proper athletes and role models as opposed to just being eye candy and sources of titillation. I'm not saying the latter has gone away completely, mind you. I mean, the Naomi-Mandy Rose feud that's going on right now is living proof of that. But the focus has greatly shifted nonetheless. And a big reason for that, I believe, is because of the Four Horsewomen. You know, there have been a lot of good women's wrestlers in WWE over the years, long before those four women ever came around. I mean, when I started watching wrestling in 2003, Raw had Trish Stratus, Lita, Gail Kim, Molly Holly, Victoria, Jazz, Ivory. Then as the years went by, you had Mickey James, Beth Phoenix, AJ Lee, Paige. In the 90s, you had Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano. In the 80s, you had the Jumping Bomb Angels, Wendy Richter, Leilani Kai. The problem, though, was that women's wrestling in the WWE for so long was treated as a side act. It never felt as important as the men's wrestling. And no matter how good the women's wrestlers could be, you still had Braun Penny's matches. You still had Fulfill Your Fantasy matches. You still had Santa's Little Helper matches. Like I said, eye candy and titillation. Hell, for the longest time, they weren't even called women wrestlers, they were called Divas. At one point, they had the Divas Championship and the Women's Championship, one on Raw, one on SmackDown, and eventually, they unified the belts and they kept the Divas Championship. The pretty butterfly belt. So the state of women's wrestling in WWE for a very long time wasn't all that great. But then, along came the Four Horsewomen. And... The way I remember it, and I could be wrong here, I'm only human after all, when the Four Horsewomen started having these matches all over NXT in 2014 and 2015, where it was any combination of Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte fighting for the NXT Women's Championship or in tag matches or whatever, it really did feel like an evolution because they were putting on these tremendous matches and having these feuds that felt just as important and big time as the men's feuds in NXT. Oftentimes, on those takeovers, they were stealing the shows. And they still had unique and interesting characters. But at their core, you felt that you know, their ambitions 
were to be the best wrestlers and to be taken seriously as wrestlers regardless of gender. That was where they placed the emphasis in their careers. And I think looking at the women's wrestlers now, whether on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, wherever, you can see that determination in the majority of the female wrestlers in WWE. And the horsewomen, you know, of course, they weren't the first to have that mentality. Not at all, of course, obviously. But I think they were a major, major catalyst in seeing that mentality spread throughout the company over the past five years or so. And now we're seeing the aftermath of that, where a woman is arguably the most popular wrestler in the company. The women are having some of the best matches in the company, and a woman's feud is the top feud in the company. So yeah, welcome to episode 52, where we'll be looking at the respective themes of Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, aka the Four Horsewomen, which is what wrestling fans call them collectively, but it's not like that's their official name, because they're not an actual stable, at least not now, anyway. Uh, they may be in the future, who knows, in the wacky world of wrestling. They've been in various other stables and tag teams together over the past few years. Uh, Sasha and Bailey are in a tag team now, and they're going to be wrestling soon for uh, the newly minted WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Charlotte and Becky were a tag team not that long ago on SmackDown. There was Team PCB with Charlotte, Becky, and Paige, which was back in 2015, where Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky debuted on the main roster. Charlotte and Becky were the faces, and they teamed up in a stable with Paige. Sasha debuted as a heel and joined up with Tamina and Naomi as Team Bad, Beautiful and Dangerous. And then a few years prior to that, when they were still in NXT, there was a stable called the BFFs, the Beautiful Fierce Females, which was Sasha, Charlotte, and Summer Rae. And then when that team broke up, Sasha and Becky formed a tag team called Team Bay, which stood for Best at Everything. So there's been a lot of team something something, a lot of cute little acronyms and initialisms. But as far as an official on-camera WWE stable called the Four Horsewomen, it doesn't actually exist. It's a moniker, you know, it's a nickname given to them by wrestling fans. Much like how New Japan, their fans referred to the group of Nagata, Nakanishi, Tenzan, and Kojima as the New Japan Dads. Even though they're not actually in a stable called the New Japan Dads, we still call them that because they're part of the same generation of wrestlers, they're around the same age, and they come across as the dads of the roster, especially towards the Young Lions. Now, of course, there's another four horsewomen, the original horsewomen from MMA, which is Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir. And in a funny turn of events, those four MMA fighters are now in WWE too. So when you say the four horsewomen of WWE, nowadays there may be a little confusion with that. But looking at Sasha, Becky, Bailey, and Charlotte... The whole idea of them being linked together and being seen as this unofficial unit 
by the fans. It started during their time in NXT, because they were, like the New Japan dads, in the same generation, the same class, the same uh, clump, if you will, of women's wrestlers in NXT. And they wrestled each other just a ton of times during that 2013 to 2015 period, feuded with each other in various different allegiances all throughout that time. So to lump those four women together works in that sense. But to call them the four horsewomen, it goes beyond just wrestling each other a bunch of times. I mean, Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston have wrestled each other probably a thousand times in the past decade, but nobody's giving them an imaginary team name. Now, it goes beyond that, because the Four Horsewomen is, of course, a takeoff of the Four Horsemen. And when you think of the Four Horsemen, you think of one of the greatest, most iconic wrestling stables of all time, with some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Paul Roma, Steve Mongo McMichael. Okay, not so much those last two, but still, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, we're talking prime cuts here, people. Filet Mignon, the best of the best. And as Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte matured as wrestlers in NXT, as they wrestled each other on NXT TV and takeovers, they established themselves as not only the best female wrestlers in NXT, but the best female wrestlers in the entire WWE at the time. Like I said, watch those takeover matches from 2014-2015. Those matches smoked the women's matches on the main roster. Those four women were raising the bar for what women's matches in WWE could be. Where if you showcase women who are very talented in the ring, and you build the stories upright, and you give them enough time for their matches, which is very important, you can produce some gold in then their hills. And more often than not, with those four women in the ring, it's gold, Jerry. Gold, as Mr. Kenny Banya would say. So Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte were seen as the best of the best when it came to women wrestlers in WWE during that time period. Hence the name for horsewomen. Plus, you know, there's the whole flair connection, which makes a lot of sense too. So let's get to these themes. And I do want to stress that I'll only be discussing in detail the four themes that they have now, the CFO's themes. Because those early, early NXT themes, when those women were just starting out in developmental, I doubt I'd have much to say about them. And I'd wager a lot of you guys out there don't even remember them. And why would you? They're generic early wrestling themes that weren't even by CFOs. They were taken from production libraries, which makes sense. You know, it's developmental. They're still figuring out their characters. So just give them a library song. And when they are fully fleshed out characters, that's when you give them the CFO themes that tie the room together. But on a lark, I did decide to go back and just listen to some of those early themes. And it is interesting to listen to them now because sure, they work for them back in the day, but this is 2019 people. Those themes do not fit the characters that the four horsewomen have now at all. 
like Sasha's early theme, Cookie Dough. I will stress here that that is kooky with a K. K-O-O-K-I-E. What fun wordplay there. Yeah, it's kind of a ravey dubstep song, a club banger, if you will. Works for early Sasha, who's just starting out, finding her confidence, finding her way. But for the boss, who has swagger and panache coming out of every pore of her skin, not so much. How about Charlotte's first NXT theme? Have it my way. Charlotte is certainly a very headstrong woman, and indeed likes to have it her way, as the title suggests. But the music is not a very good fit for Charlotte in 2019, is it? No, no, no. Again, poppy electronica, not very memorable, not a good fit. Becky Lynch, oh my goodness, I had a good and proper laugh when I heard this one the other day. Remember when Becky Lynch debuted in NXT and came out to this song. That's called a big part, and thank God she changed it up after a few uses, because I can't even imagine what it would be like if the man, Becky Lynch, was coming out to this song right now. It would be quite the sight. Ronda Rousey, at WrestleMania, I'm gonna take back my title, because I'm the man. I'm not very good at accents, by the way. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But you get the idea. You can't have the merry Irish flutes in a song for badass Becky Lynch. Hornswoggle? Go right ahead. But not Becky. I mean, yes, she is Irish. But being Irish isn't her character. And even if it was, the jolly Irish flutes are not her style. She's the Dropkick Murphys, not the Renaissance Fair Band. And then there's Bailey, who, before her current theme by CFOs, she had an instrumental of a song called Boyfriend.
And that song, folks, let me tell you... Well, actually, yeah, it does fit Billy pretty well, I will admit. But my point still stands. There's not much to talk about with those early themes. Just like there's not much to talk about with the early themes of a lot of wrestlers in general. They're just starting out. They need a song. Boom. Here's one from a library. Get your ass out there. You got six minutes. Because there are a lot of guys and girls in NXT, in NXT UK, CFOs, they're two people. They don't have time to crank out the hits for each and every one of them. They do it for a lot of guys, but not everyone. Watch NXT UK. NXT UK is like the mecca of generic production library songs. Which is suitable because there are a lot of generic wrestlers in NXT UK. Ashton Smith, Jack Stars, Joseph Connors, Kenny Williams, even the Gallus theme. That Rich Kreich shits on. That's not CFOs, that's a library song. So there you go. I'm digressing, I'm sorry about that. Let's get to these themes, starting with The Boss. Not Minoru Suzuki, not the 2016 Melissa McCarthy film. I'm talking about Sasha Banks. Boston's own, baby. My hometown gal. Her theme is called Sky's the Limit. So this one is still in the electronic club vein as the other Sasha theme that I played earlier. But that was more ravey dubstep. Not too much swagger to it. This one is total swagger. I mean, it might as well have a lisp and say, we the people. That's how much swagger is in this song. The music has more of a hip-hop flavor to it as well. Not hardcore gangsta hip-hop. Because that doesn't match Sasha's look or her character, really. She's not gangsta like that. She's gangsta because of the way she carries herself. Confidence. Superstardom. And music like this, it's got that superstar flavor to it. The camera lights flashing. The velvet rope. The bling. I'm better than you. 
and you know it. That's the attitude that they're going for here. And for the boss character, that's 100% on the money. Now as for the lyrics, because this is one of the two songs on this episode that does have lyrics, they're very interesting because they're not just about Sasha Banks being the best and being the boss and so on and so forth. It's about her journey to becoming the boss. The chorus says it all. Had a dream I hadn't made it. Now there's nothing dragging me down, yeah. Cause a girl gon' push it all out the way. Destined to break in, I found my way, yeah. Now ain't nobody gonna take it. Cause a girl gon' push them all out the way. So it's about the struggle. It's about the dream of being the superstar, of being the boss. And how Sasha has the determination and the will and the drive to reach that level. And that message is all over the rest of the song. I had a dream that I made it here in the spotlight. Woke up, see my life in the shade. Now that's not quite. Hustling every day. I'm on my way to that sharp light. It's my destiny to be bigger. Yeah, I got fight. And I've had visions of sitting high on my own gold throne. Never listening to criticism, I built my own. From the bottom, I've gotten myself in my own zone. Never stop, and I made it, and now I ain't going home. I remember when I couldn't pay the rent. Now I own the whole building that I'm living in. Sky's the limit when you're never giving in. You get in, you write it out, and don't look back again. There is confidence there, no doubt about it. But there's a little bit of vulnerability as well. Because it's basically saying... I wasn't always like this. I wasn't born with the silver spoon in my mouth. I used to be down. I used to be the one looking up and standing in the shade of others. This boss lifestyle started out as a dream, not a reality. But she was determined to make it a reality. And now that she's the boss, the sky's the limit for how high she can go. So, started from the bottom, now we're here. Work my ass off to build my kingdom. Never give up, never surrender. These are not original messages, by any means. Hell, that last one is from Galaxy Quest. But they work for Sasha Banks and her character very well. Because she does come across as someone who has all the drive in the world to be the best. And to call herself the boss. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Al Harrington, president and CEO of Al Harrington's wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man emporium and warehouse. Thanks to a shipping error, I am now currently overstocked on wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men, and I am passing the savings on to you. Attract customers to your business. Make a splash at your next presentation. Keep grandma company. Protect your crops. Confuse your neighbors. African American, hail a cab. Testify in church or just raise the roof whatever your wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man needs are so come on down to al harrington's wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man emporium and warehouse route two in weekapog moving on now to bailey a former nxt women's champion a former wwe raw women's champion for a spell her theme is called turn it up
full disclosure on my part, I had to restrain myself from singing, Turn it up! Banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. That was interesting. Turn it up! That's a different song for a different day. I understand that. But uh, in any event, let's do what we did with Sky's the Limit. Let's tackle the music first, then the lyrics. Funny enough, the music in this one is actually in the same vein, sort of, as the Too Cool theme. Not the same genre, perhaps. This is more pop rock than whatever Too Cool is, but it's still upbeat. It's got a pop sensibility to it. Very ear-friendly, very danceable. Has a bounce, gets your toes tapping. And it just makes you feel good. Makes you feel happy. Same with Bailey. A white meat babyface. Super positive. All about hugging and friendship. Bright colors on her gear. Makes her entrance with energy. Wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing two men on the rampway. It's a good time. You know what it is? It's the kind of music you would hear on a Caribbean cruise commercial. You've seen that commercial. Blue skies, warm sun, smiling faces. What music do they play? Happy, poppy music like this. Todd Rundgren. I don't want to work. I want to bang on the drum all day. It's basically that, but in wrestling-themed form. Now, as far as the lyrics are concerned, there's not a ton to work with here. Sasha's theme had two verses, a pre-chorus, and the chorus. Not a heck of a whole lot compared to other songs, but there was at least a decent amount of variety with the lyrics. Here, it's a much different story. Here are all of the lyrics of the song. There ain't no stopping us now. We celebrate on the floor. Top down, we're ready to go. To all the people across every nation, turn it up and give me some more. That part is spoken twice. Then there's the chorus. There ain't no stopping. There ain't no way. Turn it up. No stopping us. There ain't no way. There ain't now. And that part is also spoken twice. And then the whole thing starts over. So technically speaking, there's only nine lines in the song that are just repeated ad nauseum until it ends. Now it's not like these are the most complicated lyrics in the world, because they're pretty damn easy to understand and easy to relate to Bailey. She's meant to be a hero to people, especially to kids. She wants to win and make people happy and celebrate with the people across the nation. Turn up the music, there's no stopping us. And in that sense, it's very much of an opposite to Sasha's theme, with the music and the lyrics, because Sasha's theme is all about individual achievement. Lots of eyes, lots of me's. A girl's gonna push them all out the way. It's hip-hop, has a serious edge to it. Bailey's theme is about the group. We. Us. It's a pop-rock song. It's friendly. It's kiddish. Well, kid-like, I should say. Kiddish is the Jewish blessing for wine. But you know what I mean. Sasha's music is for the club. Bailey's music is for the kid's birthday party. But going back to the lyrics, yes, they are repetitive as all hell. And listening to this song on its own for this episode, it did get a little annoying after a while, hearing the same lyrics over and over and over and over again. Of course, with CFOs, their goal isn't to make wrestling themes that are these epic sagas with 12 different verses. 
their goal is to make wrestling themes that are played for, what, 90 seconds during an entrance at most? So a schmuck like me, who listens to the whole song on his own for almost four minutes, yeah, it's gonna get pretty annoying after a while. But, but, I was mulling this over earlier. And you know me, I love to mull, Martin or otherwise. I was thinking, you know, it's actually quite appropriate that Bailey's theme is super repetitive and can get on your nerves after a while. Because Bailey's whole thing is that she is so sweet and innocent and kid-friendly, like I've been saying, it only makes sense then that her theme song would be like a nursery rhyme. Because nursery rhymes and kids' songs in general are meant to be very repetitive. And to an adult, they will get on your nerves. The wheels in the bus. The farmer in the dell. If you're happy and you know it. The hokey pokey. Bingo was his name-o. Etc, etc, etc. Of course, Bailey would have a song that just repeats itself over and over and over again. That's what kids like. They like that nonsense. I liked that nonsense when I was a kid. I'm sure you did too. So yeah, while it is annoying, it actually lines up with her character quite well. And one more thing with this one. Bailey's theme sounds suspiciously like a popular song that came out a few years ago by Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen called Good Time. Good morning, good night. I wake up at Similar vibes, similar music, similar beats in the chorus. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Up next, it's time to talk about Charlotte Flair. Daughter, of course, of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, full disclosure here, again, uh, I don't know about you guys, but it took me an upsetting amount of time to connect the dots as to why she's called Charlotte. Charlotte, North Carolina, Ric Flair's hometown, Flair country as it's called. It's right there, people. It's right there. That's why she's billed as being from the Queen City, which is the nickname for Charlotte, North Carolina. Because otherwise, the ring intros will be kind of weird. From Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte. You know, it's awkward to say. That'd be like if I had a son who was a wrestler, and his name was Boston. Although, Boston Rich is a pretty good name. Ah, never mind. This song is called Recognition. Oh, 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 
Now there's the obvious point of analysis with this one. It's staring right at us like a bad dinner guest. So I figured, why beat around the bush? Let's just get it out there right now. And that is the fact that this song incorporates the most famous flair theme of all time. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the David Flair theme. <laughs> kidding, 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 kidding. Seriously, though, I'm of course referring to Ric Flair's theme, also Sprack Zarathustra, which Rick has used for decades, and which Jeff Hawkins and I talked about on episode 46 a few months back. Great episode, check it out. But yeah, a sample of Ric Flair's theme is being used in Charlotte Flair's theme. Obvious reasons, it's a nod to the past, a nod to Charlotte's lineage, and that's a big part of Charlotte's character, her lineage. Again, comparing it to Sasha's theme, Sasha had a dream. She started low and aimed high. What this song is saying is that Charlotte was already born on high because she's a flare. Wrestling is in her DNA. She doesn't need to struggle. She's already won the lottery. You hear, da, 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 and you think of Ric Flair and all of his accomplishments in wrestling and all of the classic matches that he had with Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Terry Funk. Well, now Charlotte is coming out to this music. What does that say? Well, it says that she is, ostensibly, the second coming of her father. It's an auditory recognition of her heritage. It's a big flashing signal that says, I'm a flair, I'm the best. But Charlotte's theme isn't just also Sprach Sarathrustra. There's a lot more going on here than that. In fact, a lot of the song doesn't even involve also Sprach Sarathrustra. The rest of it is this kind of driving electronic rock thingy. It starts off with that and it's got these concussive percussion beats, some sort of synth thingy going on in the background as well. And it has a lot of momentum to it, a lot of drive. And it keeps that drive going all throughout the song, even when it incorporates the also Sprack Zarathustra sample. Now, what does that say? It says that, yes, Charlotte is going to continue the Flair legacy. But at the same time, she's going to drive that legacy down her own path. She's going to do things her way and put her own modern spin on a classic property. Hence taking the old 20th century orchestration of also Sprach Zarathustra and surrounding it with the 21st century rock guitars and synths and drum machines. And that idea applies to other aspects of Charlotte's career, where she's honoring Rick's legacy, but also upping the ante in a lot of ways. Rick had the figure four. Charlotte does the figure eight with the bridge. Rick often went to the top rope to do a crossbody and wound up paying for it. Charlotte often goes to the top rope to do a corkscrew moonsault to the outside. 
and often winds up paying for it. Rick is acknowledged by WWE to be a 16-time world champion, while Charlotte has been wrestling for a little over six years now, and she's already an eight-time women's champion, and that includes the Divas title and the NXT women's title. And at this rate, she'll probably end up being a 50-time champion when it's all said and done. You know, it's no secret that out of the four horsewomen, she is the golden child of the bunch. And a lot of us, myself included, are dreading the possibility of Charlotte being added to the Mania match between Becky and Ronda, thus making it a three-way. This is main roster WWE, people, okay? It wears bullshit like a necktie. And there ain't no casual Fridays in this company, let me tell you. Speaking of Becky, we finally get to the fourth horsewoman. The reason this episode is even happening right now. I'm talking about the man, Becky Lynch. And Becky's theme is called Celtic Invasion. You know, what you can say about these four horsewomen themes collectively is that they're not all the same type of song. They have similar instrumentation in some aspects, sure, but overall, each song is going for a different overall sound. Sasha has the club theme, Bailey has the pop song, Charlotte has whatever she has, and Becky is the rocker. She's got the rock song. And it's a rock song with some zest. The cranked up, speedy guitar riffs. The gang vocal. Whoa! Whoa! The hey, 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 hey parts. Again, comparing it to another Four Horsewomen theme, it's like Charlotte's theme in that it's got a kick to it. Except in this case, I'd say this is a much spicier meatball than Charlotte's theme, because it's faster and it's a harder music genre. And thank Christ, thank Christ, they got rid of the flutes. Thank God for that, because you're meant to take Becky Lynch seriously, especially now when she's got this whole the man thing going on. She's a badass, and flutes rarely convey badassery. And this is coming from a big Jethro Tull fan, by the way. Actually, it's funny, the song is called Celtic Invasion, and not only do I not hear any flutes in the song, I don't really hear any traditional, stereotypical Celtic music in it at all. I know I said earlier that Becky is more akin 
to the Dropkick Murphys than traditional Irish music, and CFOs clearly thought the same thing, because I do get a Dropkick Murphys vibe from this song. Barroom, punk rock band, you know, that kind of thing. But even the Murphys have an accordion, and a mandolin, and a banjo, and all sorts of traditional instruments. This is just a standard, fast-paced, hard rock song. But then again, that's Becky. She's a badass first and foremost. The fact that she's Irish is just one aspect of her overall person. Now, Becky has had this song since late 2014, which of course was years before she started this whole man gimmick and storyline. Back when she was just, you know, steampunk Becky Lynch, the happy-go-lucky Irish last kicker, a lover of puns, which means that she has my heart always and forever. And this song did work for her back then with that character. But what's cool is that ever since she became the man, which was a pretty big departure from that older character, I think the song still fits. In fact, it may fit even better now. Because, like I said, it's got that punkish, in-your-face attitude to it, which Becky has in spades. And what Becky also has is a following. She's got a posse. And that's conveyed in the song as well. The gang vocal. The hey, 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 hey part. Fans sing along to it. They clap along to it. It's a bonding experience. We are here singing and chanting along for Becky Lynch. We are putting our communal spirit, our communal energy towards her. Once again, comparing it to another Four Horsewomen theme. Bailey's song also has that group mentality, but the difference is in the music. Bailey's song is light and fun. This is hard and heavy. This is not a song for a kid's party. This is a song for a gang. And Becky, as the man, totally comes across as the leader of a gang. She has that confidence. She has that poise. She has that charisma. She has it. And maybe, just maybe, if Becky versus Ronda ends up being the main event of WrestleMania, there's a good chance we'll be hearing a very large gang singing along to this song to close out that show. Then again, there's also a good chance it ends with this. All right, those were the themes for the Four Horsewomen, uh, a group of unique songs for a group of unique women. Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. And I know that the main roster booking hasn't always been kind to most of these women, especially if their name doesn't rhyme with Marlet Mare. But regardless, I really enjoy watching them wrestle. Because they're great. They're great. And I want them to succeed. As do so many others. Their fan base is large and it is passionate. Like, very passionate. Like, do not badmouth these women or we will cut you from crotch to crown and wear you like a skin suit. Passionate. Me? I'm not quite at that level. But still, I'm a big fan of all of them. 
and I wish all four of them nothing but success and happiness as they continue their careers. And that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. Just want to remind you that Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, home to many other great wrestling podcasts. You can find them all at VoicesOfWrestling.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. And you can find the YouTube playlist for this episode and all past episodes at the VOW forums, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forum. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. And uh, finally, one more thing here. I'll give another plug for the 2018 New Japan Year in Review ebook that was written by Voices of Wrestling contributors and writers, including myself. You can get it at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash NJPW1818, the numbers. So with all that squared away, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.